Hey, Tim. How's it going? Well, hello, David. It's going fantastic. And hello to our fabulous listening audience out there. It's a beautiful morning here in northern Alberta and wherever the heck David is, Colombia, Venezuela, uh, Florida. Where are you, David? Colombia still. Got another Uh, couple weeks here. Do you come across any scopolamine, come across any donkey humpers? Not yet, but I'll keep my hopes up. All right. Well, have you done anything cool there? No, not really. I've toured around, but there's not that much actually to do in Medellin, it seems. It's just a pretty city. Right. So it's Yeah, so you're just saving money, basically. Yeah, saving a bit of money and enjoying the warm weather. Well, that's fantastic. You know, uh, I am jealous about your vagabonding and your ability to... Partly jealous. It gets old after a while, though. I've been there. I mean, that. I wouldn't mind having a wife who loved me and some kids. Yeah. Seems like no, a pretty that's good pretty deal, damn too. Good. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> pretty damn good. But, you know, you get sentimental about certain parts of your life, certain, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You have fair. some fond memories of it. Let's put it that way. You're bringing back fond memories. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to go back there. I would not want to go back. I would not want to be you right now. <laughs> Let me tell you that right now. her. <laughs> Um, well, I appreciate that. Uh, today we wanted to talk about the pipeline protests and you'll have to, uh, give me a bit of a download and the listeners a bit of a download on that. But in particular, you're interested in including or focusing on the indigenous aspect of these protests, because I mean, this is something I'll want to dive into deeper at a later point, like the libertarian indigenous platform generally and indigenous issues broadly, but In particular, you mentioned, you know, one of your party followers or party supporters reached out and said it would be great if you or the party could come out in support of the indigenous peoples in protest of the pipeline. And yeah, why don't you fill us in from there? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll read you the messages we had back and forth just to give you an idea. I thought this was kind of an interesting mindset and it's pretty, um, I get this quite a bit. So here, here he says, uh, so this is a guy, he's introducing himself. He's kind of just come across the party, I think, or whatever. But he says, hi, Tim, I see libertarianism as a logical political party and hope to get involved someday. Your 2019 platform had four outstanding points regarding indigenous relations. I highly suggest making a comment in solidarity with the wait to wait in protests erupting across the country. Other parties have been silent when it is clear that the hereditary leaders are the authority. This is political gold for our cause. Okay, so I read this and I'm not sure. I I don't know enough about it. I've seen a bit on the news. I've seen some protests. So I start to do a little bit of digging to find out, well, okay, do the waits who waiting people not want a pipeline? Do they want a pipeline? How would we know? And I come across this... um, this video of a, of the hereditary chief, uh, who is, I guess, the hereditary leader, uh, making a statement talking about how these protesters were, are almost all brought in from the outside, they're from international, that she wants the pipeline, <coughs> that 100% of the people that live there want the pipeline. And I, so I sent him the message, I said, Seems like the whites who wait and want the pipeline to me if the hereditary chief is to be believed. And I put him, gave a link to the video. And this is his response to that. That's interesting because that woman looks to be on an elected band council. 
Therefore, her jurisdiction is for the reserve only. She won with 49 votes out of 83, only a 67% turnout, and ran against family members because the last chief, a relative, was booted for financial transparency reasons. Either way, our constitution recognized Aboriginal rights and the real hereditary chiefs won in the Supreme Court, putting aside putting opinions aside to be consistent with the values of the platform standing in solidarity with the protesters is ethical because their history is very complicated. Okay. This was uh, a lot to unravel here. It, it's, it's difficult to make out what he's saying. So on the one hand, uh, he's yeah, saying, at that point, I already would just dismiss it. Yeah. Like it's, it's getting into the realm of just verbiage for verbiage sake. Right. Yeah, and, the and, words and he, that make it seem like he has the moral right. But here and, and here is here is part of the the uh, difficulty of being involved in politics, right? Because you know, I want this guy's support. I want him to be attracted to the party. Like, you know, we can't just dismiss every idiot because eventually our party will be down to me because I'm the only non-idiot on this whole planet. Right. Well and, now <laughs> if he watches this video, you might lose him. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Sorry, sorry, guy. I'm not. I'm not trying to be mean here. I'm not trying. I, and I, I, you know, I call myself idiot is a loving idiot. term. Tim yeah, just no, called me I, a loser. So I, I say, yeah, exactly. I, it's a term of endearment, right? Um, but no, I mean, in seriousness, like this is part of the temptation. This is how actual political corruption starts, right? Because there's a temptation to want to side with this guy. Like, he might have a point. I don't know. Like, somewhere in there might be a point. And I don't know how to disentangle it. Like, is, okay, the Supreme Court recognized that hereditary chiefs, rather than these elected officials on the reserve, I guess, have rights. Uh, Okay, I don't don't know about that ruling. And I, I would have to think about that from a libertarian perspective to figure out, does ancestry give you rights that, elections don't or something like that i think yeah. both of the neither of them really give you any good rights uh right i mean property rights are when you appropriate some pro- unowned property in nature and then maybe hand it down clearly to your ancestors but unless we can establish that how do we know who owns that land and who ought to be whose decisions ought to be respected with regards to that land yeah and I, I it's, it's a complicated question. issue yeah. And what this guy is saying is that because it's complicated, we ought to side with the protesters. Well, why couldn't I just as easily say we ought to side with the people that support the pipeline, right? I mean, what's to say that they're not the real ones and like that, that they are in the majority? So here's, here's what I, I wrote back to him. I said, well, I'd, I'd need to know more before I took a strong position one way or another. My personal experience with First Nations around the oil sands region of Fort McMurray is that the silent majority supports oil and gas and the vocal minority oppose it. In fact, I worked for a First Nations oil sands company when I first moved to Fort McMurray and found most residents resented being used as pawns by environmental groups. Many of these groups are the same ones that killed the trapping industry that sustained these people. And they perceive them as now trying to shut down the industry that now sustains them and provides them with prosperity and economic opportunity. These people seem to prefer economic prosperity to government handouts and living in poverty. Ultimately, I'd leave it up to these bands to self-govern. 
if an elected official who represents them says that most of her members, uh, I think she said 100% of her residents support the pipeline, uh, I don't know it's my place to say I know better than her what her people actually want. Our platform calls for a respect to self-governance, even if that self-governance is suboptimal or corrupt. I think it's best to let bands let bands determine their own destiny with the government they choose rather than be constantly overruled by outside governments. I'd say the same thing if the elected band officials said they didn't want a pipeline. But I think there's a good reason to believe the chief shares the same opinion as your band because here's another resident uh, supporting. And then I, I linked another video of another lady from the from the reserve expressing her uh, outrage at the protests and saying that they all want the, this pipeline. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean so, so this is the thing, right? Like, I, I will support their property rights, and I'll try to figure out, you know, as best I can. I mean, there's no way to, like, no one clearly owns the property. It's, it's difficult to disentangle. But, okay, the best approximation of who should control that territory is probably the local government because you know that who else could claim who else could we talk to could we talk to some protester out front like how what's their claim on that property or on Mm. that land so you know and 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 if they said and if the chief said they don't want the pipeline then yeah i think that that the pipeline should be blocked i mean that you shouldn't be able to expropriate land or or you know, use land, but so, but, um, you know, so, so I, I don't think he would have the same thing. Like, I think if these people were right. out there protesting saying, we want pipelines, we want pipelines. I have a feeling he wouldn't ask me to be in solidarity with the, those people. Right. So, and, and so here's the crux of the issue I have with this kind of, uh, of attitudinal disposition towards indigenous people. It's that they are not people or something. Like you and I want economic prosperity. Most people don't want to live in squalor and poverty. We want to have some self-determination over our lives. And, 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 and indigenous people are no different in my experience because right. they're people, they're people, right? They want the same things you and I want. They want jobs. They want, uh, they want to self-determine. They want, you know, they're, they're going to, you know, like this chief said, they want to be environmental stewards. They want to protect their land but they can do that and still have economic prosperity. They're not worried about the environmental damage. They, they think it's overblown or whatever. And they think that they have proper safety measures in place to prevent bad things from happening to their land. So, uh, so they support this because they don't want to live in poverty. They want economic opportunities. And these people just can't seem to wrap their, their mind around it because they, you know, and I got this from everyone from Neil Young, who I worked with and Daryl Hannah, who I worked with to, you know, Leo DiCaprio and all these environmentalists that come up to the oil sands to protest and to expose our crimes. Um, they, they, you know, what one lady from the, this one reserve said that, that it seems like they all want their token Indians, right? They want their, they want to yeah. feel like they're heroes to these people who are less than, right? Who are little. And, and we talked about this before on episodes about racism, about how right wing racism looks like a fear of the other. Let's keep them away. I don't, I don't trust them. And left-wing racism looks like, oh, these people are less than, they're like little children who 
need to be patronized and he need to be looked after and protected by me because I know what's best for them. And, uh, you know, I think it's kind of disgusting, quite honestly. Um, yeah. Anyways. I, I agree with the, the latter point about the sort of coddling and the, and the belittling. I think there, like my mind jumps that there could be a second issue at play as well, that some of the people think, yeah, the indigenous peoples need to be protected by us. Um, and I think that broadly could be how the government views it as well. But I think also there's a group that just doesn't care, like indigenous peoples are a good stand-in for environmental issues, right? They're almost always put hand in hand. And I don't often hear firsthand in the news from the indigenous groups themselves. I just hear that we have to protect indigenous rights, so we have to protect the environment, as if they go hand in hand and as if it's a given that every indigenous person cares first and foremost about the environment and not their own prosperity or right. their own wealth right so and, and let's, let's let's put it this way too like none of these environmentalists have actually spent any time in a first nations environment you know like if you go to some of these reserves they are they're hell holes you know they're they're poverty there's drug abuse there's like it, it is terrible you go into these houses you know i work ems so I, i've been to a lot of and i've worked on the reserve and you know, these people deserve every chance to have economic opportunity that improves their environment, right? So these, mm-hmm. this pipeline is going to dramatically improve the environment for these people in the, the, these communities. And, you know, the environmentalists don't give one, two shits about uh, the environment for people. They care about uh, keeping some kind of pristine, you know, wilderness for their own ego or something like that. Right. Uh, ultimately, I don't even know if they care about that. I think they care about virtue signaling and propagating this. Uh, it's almost like a religion, um, you know, and, and that has its that that has its dogmas and its catechisms, and it's like you don't stray from that, uh, or you're not you're no longer part of the uh, part of the church, right? So they don't want to be excommunicated. Mm-hmm. They want to feel like they belong. They want to feel like their life has purpose, and this is how they take up that cause, and it's destroying lives. Yeah, it makes me think of Alex Epstein, who wrote The Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. Um, It makes me think of his kind of framework where he cares about human flourishing, but a lot of people care about minimal environmental impact and that those two are at odds. Um, But you have, I mean, he doesn't necessarily say that explicitly, but he says it's much more important to focus on human flourishing. And I think with respect to um, the, the... mild amount I know about the way, uh, you know, the federal government interacts with the indigenous peoples as well, it does not help them flourish, right? It has very right. strict rules about the way they can live to get their certain handouts yep. and, the, and the way they can maintain ownership of their land. They can't just Absolutely. own it and move forward. And that's the, I, I again, I really do want to get into it deeper sometime. Um, I think that's kind of the contrast with the libertarian uh, platform around it. But I think people really don't understand the, um, and I don't either, but I think I don't pretend I do and pretend to fight for indigenous rights when I don't actually know what they care about, what their circumstances are. I think it is a, what is it, like a, not a scapegoat, but some term along those lines. It's a convenient thing to hold up as, oh, we have to protect these people and these people's rights, but Right. Really, right. people and, don't and, know and also to or treat, care. Treat, 
and also to treat them as one block of people, the indigenous right. people, and they all want the same thing, right? They all want to live in basically tents, cooking food over a, a wood fire indoors, uh, you know, hunting, trapping, and doing all these things. And yeah, there, there are some people maybe that want that. But most people, most people, like just think about what you want, dear audience member. What do you want? Do you want to live in a tent all year round? I mean, we, we, you know, I don't even like living in a tent when I'm camping. I hate camping. We invented indoors for a reason. Like, I don't understand that, but you know, I, I definitely don't want to live in it year round. I don't want to be subject to disease. I don't want to be subject to poor health. I don't want to be subject to high mortality rates and, and a shortened lifespan uh, you know, or anything like that. And guess what? Neither do people who happen to be indigenous. Just because they're indigenous doesn't mean that they're not human, that they don't want to flourish and, and live longer lives, healthier lives with more prosperity. They still well, want those things, right? Yeah, well, I think that comes that gets down to really the crux of the issue and what the indigenous peoples stand in as in a lot of this kind of quote progressive mindset, let's say, is because one, they really think that, yeah, no, everything that the Western people did was just horrible and we destroyed this country, we destroyed the land, how dare we do this to indigenous peoples? And if if the Europeans would have never come to this land, they would have just been way happier and prosperous without any of the benefits that, you know, Western culture has brought. And then also there's this yearning to go back to the earth generally, right? That human beings, that that is better, that we're too industrialized, too capitalist. And so they hold up, you know, what indigenous peoples used to be or how they used to live in, you know, ancient times yeah. or in hundreds of years ago. They hold that up as a literal ideal. So they, if they think that's the ideal and that's what right. we should be aiming towards, then it's very convenient for them to say, well, the people who descended from that, clearly they'd still want that because that's the best. I'm to, I would never do that because right. right. I'm a corrupt. I'm just corrupt. I can't attain that. I'm too coddled by my environment. Right. But that's yeah. the ideal. That's what we should aim towards. So the people. Well, yeah, have that and, sort and here, of, exactly. And, and they, there's this like Disneyfied idea of how, yeah. uh, indigenous people how the people that lived here before settlers came or whatever um how they they lived this pristine life that was peaceful and in harmony with nature meanwhile go to go to head smashed in buffalo jump and see how they just ran giant herds of buffalo that they could never possibly use all the meat and all the thing over a cliff so let, let, let's go, let's read a little bit of the history about how these, these tribes continually warred with each other, took yeah. slaves, raped, pillaged, like, it turns out they're humans, just like every other <laughs> color of human across every other race and color of human across history and time. Uh, they, they acted the same way. There was deplorable assholes and there were good people and everyone <laughs> in between because, because they're people, they're people, you know? They're not some pristine uh, thing that we have ruined and now they need our help to, you know, whatever. Right. But, uh, I, I mean, I think, that know, I, I mean, even, the, even, even the whole like uh, smallpox, like we wiped them out with weaponized smallpox or something like that with blankets. Turns out that that was a big, like that this, these diseases spread and spread before we even knew what germs were. Nobody had, right. we didn't have germ theory then. So it wasn't chemical warfare. It was, yeah, so it was, you know, it seems like it was accidental uh, in that way. Like, if I'm sure if they could have weaponized germs, they would have, but they didn't know how to do that back then. So, 
I mean, all, all, like all these stories are designed to uh, demonize, uh, well, essentially they're, they're there to demonize white people and esteem these other people. It's like self-flagellation. It, it reminds me just of like certain sects of Catholicism where you self-flagellate yourself, right? Yeah. And you do penance and you, you like talk about how horrible you are and beat yourself up and try to, you know, and, and do that as some kind of uh, sacrament to, to <laughs> you know, atone for something. Well, in this case, you and I didn't do anything. Like no one <laughs> living today right. has done anything. And, um, you know, the self-flagellation and otherizing of people, like saying, because you have a different skin color, we need to treat you differently, whether right. it's on the left or the right. Um, I mean, it, it's just, it's got to stop. Like, <laughs> it's it, it's ridiculous. And so in that vein, and in particular, I guess, with regard to pipelines, because it's a continuous issue, but more generally, how do we start to fix that? Because in my mind, it's pretty obvious and pretty condemned when right-wing people are racist, and it's a lot, a lot more blatant in their form of racism. But when the left is racist, people just accept it and kind of go with the flow. So there is this continual othering of indigenous peoples and other groups generally right. um, that's just accepted. And then we don't know how to, or the, the governments in my lifetime don't seem to know how to, or aren't willing to actually put in, put something in place that would give indigenous peoples the proper autonomy um, while factoring in, you know, whatever land they should get and all of that other stuff. So how do we talk about it properly or what can, or should the government do briefly? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if I were king, uh, what I would probably do uh, is is something like we need to rewrite the treaties or or even get rid of them and just respect and and treat each community differently, right? Like how they want to be determined. So we give them some self determination. We say, listen, you want to be part of this nation or do you want to have your own governance? And we certainly, you know, what happened with these people is that these treaties were written and they were written in such a way that we're going to give you some token surface land rights, but everything under your feet belongs to the crown. All those minerals, all that wealth down there, uh, that's ours, right? And so corporations glom onto that and get in bed with the crown and they go after these resources and they, they give you know, lip service to the people that live on the land, that rely on the land, the, the indigenous people, um, but they then... But but it's just lip service. They eventually extract the, that wealth, whether they like it or not. So to me, it's like, give them property rights, like let them have actual property rights. And no, the crown does not have a claim on any of those minerals under there. That belongs to the people that go down there and get it. And so then what you have is if I'm band chief, if I'm a chief of one of these bands, and there's oil sands underneath all our land, I'm going to say, okay, we're... we're going to have some economic prosperity here, but we're going to do it in a way that respects and manages our uh, ancestral and traditional home. So we're going to bring in an oil sands company. They're, they're going to be able to mine a part of it. Uh, and they're going to have to put billions of dollars in escrow in case they screw up or they go bankrupt or they do something. So they have to have billions put up in escrow with a third party right off the bat as insurance that if they go tits up or they do something wrong, we can kick them off and we can use that money to restore that 
that land to a pristine state of nature. Okay, and so they do restoration and they do this right now in the oil sands to some degree of success is they after they're done mining, they restore uh, land to its original state or roughly its original state. And they have had some success. They're probably not at, at doing it at the pace they should be. And so that's one thing I would demand if I were the chief. Once you finish that block and I see that it's restored adequately to its original state, you can go to the next block of land and so on. Um, you know, and, and we're going to have third-party environmental monitors, and we're going to do all these things to protect our people, but we're going to have a lot of economic flourishing. You're going to pay us a certain amount of uh, royalties or whatever to access our land and, and do this kind of thing, and, and uh, that's how I would do it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say absolutely no development. We want to live in tents and trap uh, for the, until the end of history. Uh, I, I would say, no, we're human. We want to have the opportunities that all humans have for economic prosperity and having modern conveniences and access to technology and all these things. So, so that's, that's what needs to be done is, you know, we we can do this one of two ways. We can either say, look, you can be part of, of um, this nation, or you can be your own nation. Like you get to self-determine that. And then we're going to respect you as a sovereign or something like that you know, decentralize these things. But we have to get away from this, these raw deals they get where we basically break their legs by saying you have no control over the wealth underneath your feet. And we're going to give You're you handouts because we're so, yeah. we're so generous. So, so I can't remember who said it, but you know, the government basically breaks their legs and then pretend it, pretends it's doing something virtuous when it gives them crutches. Yeah. Okay. And so what do you say? What's your final response to some guy who emails you like this with, with this sort of mentality. Cause I think that, right. I mean, he has a libertarian tinge to it, but that's the approach I would yep. take for granted with most people who are less than mildly informed. Yeah. Well, I, I am willing to admit that I might not know everything here, right? I, I might not be aware of, you know, <laughs> that may, maybe most of the people that actually have a claim on that land don't want the pipeline. Uh, I can't find any evidence of that. I haven't searched deep enough, maybe. Um, All the evidence I'm seeing is that they seem to support the pipeline. They want economic prosperity, which jibes with my life experience with with people in general and indigenous people as well. So so I tend to believe the chief. And I I would say to this guy, look, you know, um, set aside your bias. You're obviously, you know, you're, you're likely uh, anti-pipeline or anti-oil sands or something like that. That And would you support their right uh, to have economic prosperity if it meant that they get involved in the oil and gas industry? Would you support their right? Would you go out there and protest um, people trying to shut that down if that was their right? And if you're, if you're not, if, if you say no to that, if you say no, I will only support blocking pipelines, well, then this, you, you don't care one whit about indigenous people. You don't care one whit about these people. All you care about is your own cause and it's hurting them. And that's not cool. Great. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, David.